you ever wonder, you think about your life and you say, gosh, why am I not achieving what it is I really want to do? How could I actually do more? How could I live the life that God wants me to live? How could I live the life that I want to live? Well, a lot of it might have to do with focus. You doing the miraculous, you doing and achieving what you really want has to do with focus in good part. I'm going to share a story. And again, this is excerpted excerpted (laughs) from my book, The Whole World is Going Crazy, But You Don't Have to, Scriptural and Psychological Healing. But this story, I want to begin with this story. The Apostle Peter walked on water until he didn't. (laughs) I love sharing this particular gospel story. First, because it has to do with water. And I love water stories. But more importantly, it's a vital lesson for you if you want to stay on top of the water, metaphorically speaking, versus sink. Think about your own life. Are you sinking or are you really walking on water? Now, I've body surfed, swum in oceans, lakes, and rivers, and skidded across the water after one of my more spectacular water ski crashes. But I've never walked on water. What Peter did was truly miraculous. How did he do it? In part, focus. His focus allowed him to accomplish the impossible, the miraculous. His shift in focus caused him to do what would most likely happen to you and me if we tried to walk on water, sink. (laughs) This focus should be a powerful reminder to become increasingly aware of where you place yours, your focus. Life is going on all around you, yet your focus allows you to see things more thoroughly as they are, or you will see them only in part. You may not be seeing the whole picture. Therefore, you're not getting the entire story, the entire truth. Allow me to use a few examples to make this point. If you walked into a room in my home, would you be able to describe it? You might wholeheartedly say, yes, completely. Now you sense this could be a trick question and you hesitate, good for you. What if the room is pitch black? No lights, no windows. Could you still describe it? What if the room was well lit, but I put special glasses on you so that it offered only pinhole vision and I didn't allow you to move your head around? What would your description be now? What if you walked freely into the room but refused to open your eyes? Could you still describe it? I want to suggest that this is precisely what you may be doing. And because this is how you choose to see yourself, others, life, or the world, you may be misinterpreting reality. You may not be seeing things completely. And because of this, you too may be sinking, or angry, or you're depressed, or you may think the world is evil, that people are wonderful, or people are rotten. Your focus will lend itself to interpretation and judgment. You don't need the world, your spouse or your neighbor to change for you to see things differently. Likewise, you may not need to change yourself to see things and people differently. You may, however, have to adjust your focus. And as a therapist, I see this frequently. Oh, tell me what's going on. I asked that lovely couple in front of me. Uh, He's a jerk. He doesn't help me with the kids, and now he comes home late. Well, she's a cold fish. I can't ever do anything right. 
Is this the whole picture? I ask. Now, I ask, what do you see when you look at your spouse, your neighbor, or the homeless guy at the corner? Again, it depends on your focus and how much you see through your lens. What if I told you that the homeless guy holding the cheap booze in one hand while holding his cardboard sign asking for help was a combat vet with a purple heart for being wounded in battle? And he had been decorated for heroism. Would you see him differently? What if I asked you to see him as God asks you? When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all his angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who have been blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. Ill and you cared for me in prison, and you visited me? Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to him in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. And they will answer up and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison? And that minister to your needs. He will answer them. Amen. I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment. But for the righteous, to eternal life. That, of course, is from Scripture, Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. Now, in the context with the focus of seeing this homeless man as God wants you to see him, would you offer him a meal? Would you try to enlist some help to get him off the street? Your focus determines not only how and what you see, but it will influence your actions. And according to Scripture, your focus and how you see others have eternal consequences. In filmmaking, the camera people spend a great deal of time ensuring they have the proper focus. The camera might be pointed in the same direction, but when they change focus, things in the foreground become crisp, whereas things in the background become blurry or vice versa. They determine what they want you to look at. On the other hand, the free life is different because you get to choose the focus. What if you spent most of your day watching one news network with either a liberal or conservative viewpoint? What if you're a police officer who sees crime and criminals day in and day out? 
What if you're a social worker who sees dysfunctional families daily? What if you live in a mansion and a beautiful gated community? None of these things are necessarily bad, but they will shape and possibly distort your view depending on your focus, your experience, and what you choose to see will influence your actions. As a police officer, I was trained to watch people's hands. That's what would kill you. I'd sit in a restaurant's corner and the ta- a table in the corner to watch the door for a potential threat to enter. It took me a long time after leaving law enforcement to change these behaviors. The behaviors changed with my focus. I no longer wait for imminent attack at, and mealtime has become much more enjoyable. And depending on your focus, you too might be waiting for the imminent attack or for life to fall apart, even if it's unreasonable to expect that. For example, let's say you've had an unpredictable upbringing. Your mom said she'd show up to your soccer game, but she'd frequently break that promise. It doesn't matter if it was for a justified reason or not. Maybe she was an on-call surgeon and she had to, you know, she'd frequently get called to perform life-saving surgery. All you remember is that her word wasn't good. Or if your dad said he hoped you'd be able to finish going to the same high school that you've attended. But because the transfer paperwork came in, he now has no choice but to move the family. The military just couldn't adjust their needs to your desire to stay in that school. Now, you're an adult, and you have a new boyfriend. And things have been going pretty well for a few months, but he must cancel an upcoming date. His mom is sick. Depending on your focus, you may misjudge his actions entirely. If in your mind's eye, conscious and unconscious memory, You see your boyfriend through the focus of your unpredictable childhood. You may jump to the conclusion that he is a flake and you can't trust him. Goodbye, boyfriend. Even if his word has been good and he's been reasonably predictable up to now. Again, Peter walked on water until he didn't. What changed? Remember earlier when we were talking about the Apostle Paul and his impressive array of calamitous events. That was an earlier podcast. He was beaten, shipwrecked, etc. But what does Paul tell you to focus on? He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. If there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 8. Suppose Paul didn't focus on his various calamities, the beatings, etc. I don't think he'd be the joyful evangelist that we know, if that's all he was looking at. Undoubtedly, his focus on the honorable and the just helped him stay on track. But Paul didn't focus on the good of this earth alone. He was able to overcome and persevere because he also kept his focus on what lay ahead. In Corinthians, Paul says, at present we see indistinctly, as in a mirror, but then face to face. At present I know partially, then I shall know fully, as I am fully known. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. Other translations say It's as though we now see through a fog. In other words, our focus just is not clear. We don't see ourselves 
others or life clearly. Until we've stepped into eternity, our focus will not be able to take in all that God wishes. But until that time, we are called to continue to shape and change our focus to see what is most important. We aren't given the complete picture of what awaits us, but we're given clues. We're offered a glimpse, even, of God and his eternal power. Paul writes, For what can be known about God is evident to them, because God made it evident to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes of eternal power and divinity have been able to be understood and perceived in what he has made. That's from Romans chapter 1, verses 19 to 20. In other words, when you focus on the magnificence of God's creation, what exists here on earth, and what can be seen and understood in the cosmos, you are given a glimpse into God's majesty. Of course, this is a choice. You can focus on the bad traffic, the blemish on your face, how you've been hurt, or on all that God gives you now and what awaits. So back to Peter. He walked on water until he didn't. How did his focus cause him to sink? Then he made the disciples get into the boat and precede him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meantime, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. And during the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when Jesus, but when he saw, Peter, when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat and the wind died down, those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, You are the Son of God. You see, Peter walked on water until he took his eyes off Jesus and he looked at the wind and the waves and then he sank. You can choose. You can look at everything wrong, your storm, but most likely you will sink. Or you can keep your eyes focused on God and do the miraculous. You can walk on the water. Think about your focus. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.